Welcome to the I Am Somebody podcast, a collaborative project with Focus Recovery and Wellness Community, NAMI Hancock County, and LGBTQ Spectrum of Finley. In this podcast, we'll hear stories of recovery from mental health conditions, substance use, and trauma. We'd like to let you all know that the subject matter of this podcast may be challenging to some listeners. The views and opinions expressed in the I Am Somebody podcast are those of the individuals being recorded and do not necessarily reflect the official policies or positions of Focus Recovery and Wellness Community, NAMI Hancock County, and LGBTQ Spectrum of Finley. Stay tuned after the podcast for resources if you are in need of mental health, substance use, or trauma services. I Am Somebody. 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 I am Tim and I am somebody. Welcome to I Am Somebody. I'm Bailey and I'm here with my co-host Larry. Greetings travelers. Our guest today is Tim. How are you doing today, Tim? I'm doing well. How are you guys? I'm doing good. Yeah, great. (laughs) Happy to be here. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Tim, for anybody that doesn't know you. Okay. Um, A little bit or a lot, because I've I've got a lot I can go through. Or a medium bit's fine. A medium bit. I think I might try for that. Um, So I I live here in Finley, but I originally, I grew up in Besiris um, as an only child. Uh, I was a pastor's kid, and uh, I moved here back in 2011. Um, Worked at a place called Johnson Supply for a while, and uh, wound up getting a job at uh, Treeline, the rehab here in town. Mm -hmm. And I had absolutely no idea that I needed recovery or that I had problems until I started working (laughs) at a rehab, and I realized... I'm, I'm pretty messed up. Um, <laughs> so I, right now I run the recovery home for men here in Finley. Uh, I live there and I live there with my dog Asher and my cat Salem. And I also uh, sing for Cedar Creek. So I think that's a good medium right there. Perfect. 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 Solid medium. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so... This is your opportunity to share your story, however mm-hmm. you want to share your story. So wherever you want to jump in, um, we are here to listen. So okay. share how you'd like. All right. Um, I guess I'll just jump in with um, working at Treeline. Um, I, I had no idea. Like, I guess I had some clue for a while that something may not quite be right up here in my head. Um, I guess I didn't say earlier. I am in uh recovery for dealing with uh, major depressive disorder, um, alcoholism, and uh, overeating. Um, So I was working at uh, this rehab, and I had just turned 30. It was my 30th birthday, and in my mind, I had all these things that I should have accomplished by the time I was 30 years old. Right. And at this point, I had been drinking almost every single day, coming home from work, Um, not realizing that the thoughts that I were having that I was having were not okay. Um, I, uh, I had a plan of how to do it and I could, uh, 
I could put, I don't know how much I'm allowed to tell about stuff on here. I don't know if No, there's no limits. You go for it. Your story, tell it. All right. So uh, my plan was to shoot myself. Um, I had a gun. I could put it to my head, but I couldn't pull the trigger. Um, I don't know why it never dawned on me that that wasn't, those weren't okay thoughts to be having. Um, so I, I was, I went to work on the day of my 30th birthday and I had all these thoughts in my head about where I should have been. There was a whole love story thing involved. I'm not even going to go into that, but, uh, didn't quite work out. And I'm there at work and I remember just getting angry at the clients, just snapping. And I mean, we're talking like I had a plate of food because we, they served dinner there for everybody. And I just threw it on the floor and just yelled at him and told him to shut up. I think I used some other choice words in there when I did. And uh, one of the therapists grabbed me and took me outside and um, asked me, you know, whatever I need just to calm down and come back and talk to her. And I came back and she said, is everything all right? Like, this is not you. You're never like this. Larry, you know, <laughs> doesn't right. sound like me, does it? Um, no, not at all. And uh, I told her, I said, no, everything's fine. It's just, it's been a bad day. She goes, okay, well, she did some kind of, some kind of ninjutsu that therapists do to get <laughs> you to open up. And she said something along the lines of, well, you know, if you think of anything, you know where I'm at. Well, that got my brain working. <laughs> and... I uh, left again, went on another break, and I'm driving in my car, and I just start breaking down crying because I realize that those are not normal thoughts. Wanting to wanting to kill myself is not, uh, I guess, define normal, but uh, not okay thoughts to be having. Um, so I asked to see a therapist, and we started just delving into all of this, all of this stuff um, that I that I hadn't dealt with the things that I thought I should have accomplished and things from my childhood that um, were just coming up and quite honestly, some things still coming up today that I'm learning about myself. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, let me get my bearings here. I'm trying to think. Uh, so I stopped, you know, I stopped drinking. Um, that one, I think it was uh, just starting, so it wasn't horribly difficult to, to put that down. Um, the food has been a challenge. It remains a challenge. Um, but the mental health aspect I would say has probably been, um, the biggest battle. Uh, and thank God that's, you know, today that I am living in recovery. Um, so that was kind of the short version of the story. Um, you know, right now today I, uh, I, I attend a church called Cedar Creek and I, I sing there for them. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, I mean, if it wasn't for that and finding out that's a huge part of my recovery, that community of people and, uh, just being involved there, uh, such a huge aspect. I think it's one of the things that I've learned is community is key when mm -hmm. it comes to this, right. the right community. Yeah. <laughs> right. A little asterisk right. there. <laughs> Let me specify the right community, but, um, yeah, um, I had, after, after I uh, started seeing a therapist, um, it was actually a therapist, First Century Health, FRC, whatever you want to call them. And um, I was still struggling, obviously. It's not a, you know, it's not an overnight thing where I'm healed after my first session or anything. Right. Still struggling with things and eventually work actually let me go. 
and uh, I wound up getting a job at Domino's and I realized something. I realized I found um, my identity in what I did. Right. Mm-hmm. living. That right. Right. My identity was, oh, I help people for a living. Mm-hmm. I do this for a living and that wasn't the case anymore. And that really also kind of sent me into another, another spiral. Um, I had some really good friends who uh, met me for lunch and then told me that they were worried about me. They had gotten a hold of my parents who had just recently moved here. <laughs> and uh, I, I had just given up. I decided I wasn't going to try and find a job. Apparently, I was just going to lose my apartment and, you know, whatever. Um, thank God that didn't happen. Um, they were able to talk to some sense into me. And finally, I went I got a job as a pizza delivery driver at Domino's. Well, a few months later, um, I'm doing much better mentally. Uh, I was attending meetings, uh, doing the things that worked for me. And I got a phone call from Century Health wanting to know if I would like my job back because they had saw, they had seen the progress and everything. Um, so I did, I got my job back there, man. And, uh, you know, I kind of worked through things there at FRC and, came on board with focus and became the recovery house coordinator in 2020 Mm -hmm. um started an internship at cedar creek which kind of also like helped me dive into more of that stuff and doing an internship and having a job in 2020 was uh interesting (laughs) unprecedented as they said for 2020 Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. absolutely so yeah, now I feel like I'm at a dead end. Well, like, I was so speaking. I'm sorry. We're speaking. Let's talk. Let's talk. <laughs> not in your life. Not but in my in life. This right here. No, no. <laughs> Good specification. So, um, you would be our first guest um, that has shared kind of like this relationship with food and with eating, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's something that a lot of people go through. And I want you to talk about, I guess, what that experience is given that you have to eat to live. Yeah. It's right. not, it's not something like drinking where you can just not drink anymore. Right. That is incredibly difficult. I think that's always the distinction that's made. Like there was, I, I'm not sure that there's still meeting now, but pandemic kind of, you know, slowed everything yeah. down, but there was an overeaters anonymous meeting here in town. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of the number one things we, you know, we, that we talked about was you have to live so, I mean, you have to eat to live. You, mm-hmm. you don't have right. to drink alcohol to live. You don't have to do these other things to live. Mm-hmm. And one of the hardest things is uh, about it is like you, you find what those foods are, I guess, that really comfort you. This is how I, this is what I did anyway, was I found the foods that really comforted me and started realizing things that triggered me. Like I would purposely be driving from, let's say I'm visiting my parents out on the edge of town. I would purposely drive out of my way, a way I didn't need to go to drive by Taco Bell, not mm-hmm. planning to eat there, just so I could smell it. And the second I'd smell it, it was, oh no, I'm eating. Right. <laughs> yes. And there was an immediate right turn straight into their parking lot. Um, so it's, uh, it's interesting. Like you just, you find the, uh, the foods that um, I guess that are the pleasurable things to you to help you forget about the stuff that's going on in your life. I'm actually currently 
it's it's a huge struggle because I'm still I still struggle with that. Larry, you know I didn't stop eating Taco Bell. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> you see me eat Taco Bell. Um, I have uh, actually I was just at a um, a weight loss class. Um, it's a, or I'm sorry, weight loss surgery class in Bowling Green. A doctor there who uh, that's his specialty is uh, like the gastric bypass and these other. Right. Mm-hmm. Other similar surgeries. <clears throat> and uh, he went through all the different types of surgeries. Um, and I'm looking at, hopefully, uh, I've got to have a consultation with him and stuff, but I would like to get like the sleeve surgery done, which basically what happens is they use a sleeve, you know, to make um, make your, your stomach smaller um, so you can't intake as much food, but also it removes, um, your body's ability to tell your brain that it's hungry. Oh, wow. Really interesting. Really? Just yeah. putting a sleeve on your stomach does that. Well, they, they take it out, whatever oh. it is, they take something out as well. That's like near that area. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what it is, if it's enzymes or whatever it is that their body releases to let your brain know, Hey, we're hungry. Um, uh, a really good friend of mine got the same surgery and she said it, she goes, it's very strange. She said, I had to, uh, I actually had to like set timers or like set, you know, things mm-hmm. throughout the day to remind me to eat. Yeah. I don't, that, um, that's kind of what your stomach does. Sets off this yeah. timer that's going off. <laughs> so that makes sense. Yeah. My, my question like for the doctor <laughs> might be if, you know, if, if it turns that off, but what about like your, your, your comfort eating, you know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. going by Taco Bell just to smell it, just mm-hmm. to, just to go in. Like, I don't, it would, it, I would imagine it doesn't stop cravings like no. that. Does it? It doesn't. He actually brought that up. He said yeah. the next battle is your mind. He said, because there is that, you know, your body, I've, I realize that my body feeds into it a lot though as well. So like if I'm, if I'm hungry and my head is not in the right space right. or wants to comfort, like it's, that's a monster. Mm-hmm. Like right. for real, you can't, uh, there's just, it's like, there's nothing that can be done. It's I've been in spots before, believe it or not, where I've actually stolen money from people to go eat. Like, right. Um, back in my twenties and stuff, like I would do things like that because I had spent money on either beer or food and I didn't have enough left over. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how serious the food addiction part has been for me. Um, you know, you guys steal money for a cheeseburger uh, <laughs> um, that you didn't even need to eat, right? But wanted to. Um, it's almost like I would do anything to get to that, to have that satisfaction there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there is definitely there's a mind aspect that plays that plays into that heavily. Um, but also, one of the things that comes with the surgery is your body does not care for certain kinds of foods after that Mm -hmm. um i know my friend she loved chocolate she doesn't even like the taste of it now because of the stuff that actually changed with that surgery that sounds sad now like (laughs) it does you know i thought that that was one of the things i struggled with because i you know she had tried to convince me to do this and she's done amazing she's Mm -hmm. lost over 150 50 pounds I think oh wow like she's down to where she needs to be she she's done fantastic and um I I have thought that like I don't want to give up the food mm-hmm. you know like, yeah. I like the pizza I, I want to eat pizza and she's over here and she's like one pepperoni and she's done that's an exaggeration obviously but you know she can't eat very much of that and 
in my mind, there's this thing that says, no, you have to eat all, you know, all of this, or you have to eat so much of this to feel satisfied or to get that uh, craving fulfilled. And um, here a couple months ago, I was up in Columbus because I've been having really bad back problems. My lower back, uh, it turns out, needs uh, rods put in it because the uh, there's I think there's two discs in there that are deteriorating really badly or degrading or whatever you want to call it. And uh, they said that because of my weight, they can't give me the surgery. Gotcha. I said, so we're going to recommend you go to this doctor and get the bypass done. So I've been pretty miserable physically like things have been hurting really bad and i'm finally i'm at this point where i'm just like i don't care it's not worth it's not worth wanting that extra piece of pizza or whatever you know to uh to um to not get that something that could change my life forever Uh, the success rate with them if you actually if, if you follow the plan is in the first year, 60% of the weight that you need to lose, you've lost. That's the, that's usually what happens. Like I said, if you follow the plan, that is right. But I'm actually excited for it though. Now my mindset's changed a little bit to where like, I don't care enough about the food to have it cost me my life. Different priorities. Yeah. It sounds like the way you're describing it is if you're asking someone that has always slept with their favorite teddy bear or blanket forever and ever and ever and it's always made them feel so good and that's how they got to sleep every night because it's just your comfort item and be like hey i did this and now i don't need that blankie anymore i don't need the teddy bear anymore and it's like but i like my teddy bear and blankie i don't really want to get rid of it but now it's old and raggedy and it's not so good it's not it's probably not healthy to be sleeping with anymore because it's holding all this grossness from like years and years and years of use and it's time to let it go and that sounds kind of like where yeah you're at in your story with it yeah absolutely so i've yeah this past um you know these past few months have been um just amazing to me how much change and stuff has been coming um just in this year i believe uh i this is this might sound silly to some but um for the longest time i i didn't realize until just toward the end of last year um some of who i am as a person you know things started to change and i started to realize some stuff i always thought for a very long time that i was an introvert um, that I just assume that because sometimes I can't think of things to talk about <laughs> and because right. I spend a lot of time really isolating and stuff that that that's what made me an introvert. I had no idea what an introvert actually is, you know, what, what it means to be an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I enjoy, I enjoy people so much. I enjoy hanging out with people so much and getting to know people mm-hmm. and, um, I remember talking to uh, talking to a friend. And he's like, "Dude, you're you're not an introvert. I don't know why you think you are." So I started exploring this. I even talked to my parents about it, and they said, "Son, you've never been an introvert. We're introverts." <laughs> I started to realize something. I was raised by two people who are introverted and did stay at home and stuff, and found it draining to be around people for you know long amounts of time and right. stuff. And uh, I've been realizing that like growing up, I remember always feeling like and being told to, you know, calm down or quiet down and not, not speak as much. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of just made that, I remember making that like my mission to stop, 
speaking out or giving my opinion or talking about things. Mm -hmm. And so now along with realizing that I've, I almost feel like I've been faking things to myself, lying to myself about who I actually am as a person and what I enjoy. I've also managed to make myself, you know, almost, I don't want to say afraid, but fearful of giving my opinion on something or speaking up about things. Um, so it's really interesting going on that journey and realizing this stuff. So even now, five years into recovery, still, still finding some things. And I'm just like, holy right. cow. I imagine five years from now, you'll still be finding things I, as, I, as I, so. do, I, as I, would, I do, as I do about my own self. I was going to say, I would hope so. Cause we're always growing. And if we're not, then mm-hmm. there might be something wrong. So. <laughs> yeah. That's your red flag when you, you're stop, I'm done. You stop notice. Exactly. <laughs> I'm healed. You know, you're not done when you think you're done. <laughs> um, I really appreciate that you bringing that up because there is a difference between learned behaviors and the things we learn to do to survive or just exist in that community or to belong because we need to belong as humans. We do that. And whatever that environment is, sometimes we take that on and think it's our personality mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily our personality. Yep. And um, that's just that long lifelong journey of getting to know you. Yeah. We are infinitely complex. Yes, <laughs> it takes a long time to get to know ourselves. <laughs> and we spend all of our time with ourselves and it still is hard to get to know us. That yeah, yes we are. It's uh I think just about the time that I get to think I get to know myself is when uh myself is still changing and finds new things that I didn't know. So Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Positively. <laughs> Positively. <laughs> Without question? Without question. No doubt about it. None. Okay. All right. Glad we I got can't that contribute out of our system. <laughs> you can contribute, please do. Because I'm running out of things to say. I'm just a wheezing. <laughs> I can't get any sound out. <laughs> I've got a question. I know that you said that uh, before the pandemic, there was the Overeaters Anonymous mm-hmm. group that was available. Yeah. Overall, how difficult have you found it to be to find uh, groups or assistance or anything for the eating disorders in general? Well, at the time, the closest Overeaters Anonymous group, I think the other, the only other one wasn't, no, they, they're not even, they disbanded. The only other one, the closest one to us, I believe, was in Michigan, if I remember correctly. Michigan. Jeez. Like, ever, That's after not that. not close. Yeah, no. For anyone listening and doesn't know, that is not close. Like, yeah, what, at least hours. like two hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next one was uh, Dayton or Cincinnati, so. Even the two hours bit, the other direction. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. So it was, uh, yeah, it was very difficult. Um, there are not many support groups around here at all for well, that. I imagine that's probably true for a lot of areas because I don't know because it's not my life, but I imagine there's the stigma on it is really, really high. And also given that you have to eat to survive, but like people really are so hard on people and if it has anything to do with food, mm-hmm. it's just like, we'll just right. do it. It's like, it's very much like, we'll just do it. Why do you need a group for it? Why do you need a, like just get it together like you know what's funny is when people in AA and NA start saying that stuff then it's mm-hmm. really like did you just say that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Do you not there was yeah, you should know it's yeah. not like that <laughs> there were times that I would tell people that were in NA and AA you know like oh yeah I, I also attend OA and they're like well what's that I said it's overeaters anonymous I've had people laugh 
hearing that. And I'm, yeah. I'm, like, so do you not think, well, it's just, you know, it's not alcohol or it's not heroin. I'm like. Your brain no, chemistry says, <laughs> your brain yeah. chemistry is oh, yeah. reacting my, in a way that's addictive. Right. My brain chemistry says. Have you ever had cheese? I need, yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Have you ever tried carbs have before? Because I feel like you have. Have you been to Taco Bell? Yeah. <laughs> you, you I guess like not. The cheesy gordita crunch. Okay. Oh my goodness. That's, that's pretty much the Jesus of the Taco Bell menu right there. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had that before where, and I've had people that I've talked to that thought it was weird and kind of silly. And then when I've talked to them about how I feel about food sometimes and the cravings that I get, they're like, that's, uh, that's really similar to how I get when I want, you know, whatever, when I'm feeling stressed or, you know, that thing that I, I always run to for, um, for relief or to get away. Mm -hmm. Um, video games may now be coming a problem too (laughs) for me. Um, that's, that's a joke, but I, uh, it can be for some people, but I know that I've, I've thought that before. Like I need to limit some of my video game time because I'm spending time in this, you know, this, uh, this fake world and kind of ignoring some things outside Mm -hmm. of it that I need to, Everything in balance Mm -hmm. because it's good to do that a little bit. Right. Yeah. But I agree that I think that some people live there. Yeah. And that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I can see how easy it can be. You can lose track so so quick, lose track of time um, playing those. So. I have a um, a really hard time playing video games for a long time, and I'm really grateful for that because I get really sleepy. So I'll just mm. fall asleep if I go too long. Mm. <laughs> well, I just don't play much anymore. I used to play World of Warcraft all the time, yeah. and that was definitely an escapism thing. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, but it wasn't bad enough that I couldn't just like be like, I'm just not done. I'm done with this shit. <laughs> like, yeah, not doing it no more. No mo. No mo. No mo. <laughs> no mo. I ain't doing no mo. Um, no no mo. I've I've really um I've had instances like now today I can I can see what I'm doing, you know, almost like like tell that okay, I've spent a lot of time on this. What am I not facing? What am I ignoring right, right now? Because right. something's not right. You know, and I have to I have to realize that and accept it and feel it and find out what it is. You know, I, you, I thought, um, you know, my, I lost my dog, uh, back in October and, uh, it was probably, I don't know if I've ever cried so hard as I did, <laughs> um, after, after we had to, after I had to take him to the vet and have him put down. But, uh, I thought I had faced that, um, and I thought I was fine with it. And for whatever reason, my brain said, hey, a couple weeks, you should be fine. (laughs) You should be fine. You only had the dog for 14 years, you know. Couple weeks. Yeah, it was only part of your life for 14 years. Couple weeks, you should be okay. And I kept kept realizing that something wasn't right. And I thought, I can't figure it out. I don't understand what it is. And I go to therapy, and I'm talking to my therapist about it. And then I just start losing it over talking about Shadow. That was my dog. And it's like, oh, (laughs) Maybe two weeks wasn't enough. Right. Yeah. Um, I um, struggle with grief a lot, and I um, used to, anyways, again, on my own journey, used to always give those time constraints, too, so I totally get what you're saying. Like, it was like, yeah, I'll give myself this window of time to feel it, and then it should be fine. I'll be good. I'll just 
shut it off. Yep. Didn't work <laughs> that it, way. I also found that it doesn't work. That I also was at my therapist's office crying about something. That I was like, well, maybe spend a little more time on that. Yeah, that's. <laughs> it's very relatable. Maybe another listener will, will appreciate that, but I certainly appreciate that listening right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. Grief is. Uh, I don't think grief ever strikes the same way twice. I feel like. Yeah. It seems like it's always just, I don't know. It could be rough. Like I was even talking to, I was talking to my neighbor um, a couple of days ago. He just met my dog that I have now, um, which I've had for a couple of months actually. Right. <laughs> and uh, for whatever reason, they just realized that I had a different dog. And uh, they, uh, they were talking to me about it and they were talking to me about how, what they had to go through with their pups to, when they reached that age and um man he was talking to me and i'm like i put my sunglasses on because steers just started streaming down. i was like oh man even just you know going back there and thinking about it still it still right. sucks you know thinking Absolutely. about that and mm -hmm. remembering what that what that felt like and missing him mm -hmm. so it's always right there it feels like you can access it really easily oh yeah very easily i love that you were able to use the amount of time that you're spending on your video games or things like that as a system to know mm -hmm. that you got to do some self-reflection that's mm -hmm. you turn something that could be a vice into a tool yeah so uh, that's really cool yeah i I've, i figured out it, it took a while to figure out that that might you know that that could show me whether something something going on but once i did i like that it has that effect because I even when it comes to like uh, say TikTok for instance I can sit there and scroll for like I three hours can. I, know. I know you can. you know I can because yeah. you've gotten messages from me like here check out this video <laughs> yeah um but uh you know even that sometimes I'm like okay am I you know is there something here that I'm not dealing with and oh hey guess what there is and um you know this year is this year particularly it's been like I said I think it's a it's a I believe it's a big growing year for me. Um, there's just been a lot of a lot of different things that uh, have happened that I've had to continue going through. And yeah, sure, I know that there's you know there are worse things that could happen. But uh, you know, there's been I mean, there's there's been heartbreak. There's been death in the family. Um, there's been most recently you know with focus and everything. Um, and. Uh, uh, just a lot of things along with physical issues and fear of some other things that happened to my dad, some medical concerns he was having, thank God, mm -hmm. turned out to not be anything too serious. But um, I've just keep, I had a mentality at one point of like, okay, so what's next? <laughs> you know, do I need right. to brace for something? Um, but like through all of that, I, I can feel myself changing and just, I don't know. I'm excited to see who comes out the other side of all of this. Um, you should be excited. And maybe you are. Maybe I'm taking a jump on this. You should be excited about who you are today. Right now, even oh, in the yeah, middle. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. If, if this is the middle of your journey, quote yeah. unquote, I'm using my little finger quotes. <laughs> if this is the middle, I don't know what we have is the middle, but like no, five no. years and absolutely. lots of really cool progress. You found, I just like, you know how many people in this world never are able to turn like a vice into a tool? You know? Yeah, that's true. Be I excited. never thought about it that way. Yeah, you know, yeah I, be excited. <laughs> I am absolutely, no, don't get me wrong. I am absolutely excited, especially when I when I look back and 
like even my therapist that says, you know, the person who came to me five years ago is absolutely not this person that's sitting in front of me today. And it's amazing. Um, yeah, 100%. I am excited for who I am today. I think there's been, I felt almost, um, like I've been in this waiting period in a sense for the past, I don't know, for maybe the past, like last year, um, where I'm, I, you know, where it's just like, there's not a whole lot different changing or going on, but then now I'm in this period of like, things are changing. Things are starting to get mm -hmm. progressively just, just different. And I can feel myself changing with that. Mm -hmm. And when I think about too, you know, like the weight loss surgery, for example, my therapist was even telling me about a friend that she had in college ahead of, she goes, you wouldn't believe how different she was afterwards because of the change of confidence and all these other things that come along with it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really super excited to see that too. Cause I'm like, this has happened in five years. And I've, I've even had, I had a friend tell me the other day, he made me cry. He was telling me, he goes, you know, dude, he goes, I'm so glad to hear that you're looking, that you want to do this, that you want to, um, take care of the problem with your weight. Uh, Cause I don't, I don't think I told you guys either. The reason we have to look into this is because I, because of my back, I can't actually physically sustain like exercise for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, so I had this friend telling me, he's talking to me, he goes, dude, here's the thing. He said, I've seen you change so much and I've seen the stuff that you've come up against and you come out from, he goes, I'm going to be honest with you. I've always thought that there's one thing that hold, might be holding you back from doing whatever you wanted or from achieving mm -hmm. even more, it would be that. He said, man, he goes, he's, he's getting ready to, he's trying to move back to Georgia. And uh, he told me, he said, man, if I'm, I move back to Georgia and you're done here, he goes, when I come back, I'm, I'm probably gonna come back to seeing you own Finley. I was like, maybe not, but <laughs> thank you for that. Maybe though. a block you know, or two. Like, yeah, maybe a block, maybe a block <laughs> or two. No, no, I'll be in the mountains in Tennessee probably. That would be where I'd like to go, but yeah, it's no, I'm absolutely proud of, of the progress that I've had. Uh, even looking at like, like singing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like, I, I guess I knew I could sing, but I always, you know, we always have our, uh, that internal voice with us that says you can do better or you're not as good as, you know, right. this or mm -hmm. that or whatever. And, um, I had that be a, like, it was a huge, uh, I guess, stumbling block for me or a huge, you know, wall in the way to, to break through. And someone kept telling me, they were like, you know, you go, you've been coming to this church, but like, you can sing, I've heard you. Why don't you try out? I'm like, nah, that'll never happen. And I went from that to doing the internship in their, you know, in their arts program and stuff, which is the, music side of that um so it's been a really fun journey even to see the difference in confidence on being on stage in front of people and stuff you know when i was first on there i would be like at the back of the stage <laughs> like singing like yeah okay and now now i'm at the front of the stage worried i'm gonna fall off because my feet are like <laughs> right at the end <laughs> and stuff it's just it's interesting to see all the different different changes that come with it when you start really start working on yourself and um, just trying to basically kind of live your best life. You know? I love that. Um, 
Did, um, did you have a question, Larry? I just want to double check. I had a question I, about ice cream. You looked like yeah. he had a question. Okay, on you did. <laughs> he did, didn't he? Yeah, he had that pondering, like, hmm. I want to make sure um, that you share everything that you want to share today. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to give you that moment to think about, is there anything else that you want to share today while you have the mic? See, Larry, this is why I said I should write this down. <laughs> I just want to say that your story is very energizing. Like, it's been very great for me to listen to. Thank you. I assume for Larry. Yes, I agree. Thank I you. usually say Larry's that. I assume for Larry. Cream. Yeah, Larry's thinking about ice cream. No. And, um, <laughs> yes. I um, am. I am really excited for other people to hear it when this when we go ahead and air this episode because it's very energizing and I know people need that and uh, you've really come so far and I'm glad that you're proud of the progress that you've made yeah. and very excited for the progress that is yet to come. Me too. Thank you. Very um, well said, Bales. Yeah. Thanks, very Larry. Well said. Um, <laughs> Thanks, yeah, Tim. <laughs> I would. I would also say too. I guess when when it comes to that, uh, you know, I've there are a lot of times where I've struggled with the idea of telling my story because I'm like, well, it's not as impactful as that guy's. You know what I mean? Like, well, there's this person who's come from, you know, living in the gutter to here I am today, I drive a Lamborghini, I'm doing great in recovery, you know, or something, something like that. <laughs> well, I might take that a little too fair. far. Yeah. And to be fair. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. It's just a different kind of recovery that we don't like but, that. But no, it's like, it's been a... <laughs> can't, oh. This is a safe space where we can't judge people for their Lamborghinis. That's right. I did. <laughs> it's only because he owns a Ferrari. So, anyway, <laughs> no. But no, I, what I would say, though, is I would encourage people, like, something I have discovered is that um, your story is relatable to someone. Oh, yeah. Like it can help Absolutely. anyone. You have no idea. Um, so if you're ever scared of telling your story, don't be. If you ever think that it's not going to be as impactful as somebody else's, don't worry about that other person. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about how, you know, you just be yourself and tell what happened to you. Somebody out there may need it and it may help them. So... Yes, that is exactly the mission and purpose of this podcast. And I'm so glad that we lived that out today. So thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Tune in next time for more inspiring stories from our recovery community. You have been listening to the I Am Somebody podcast, a collaborative project with Focus Recovery and Wellness Community, NAMI Hancock County, and LGBTQ plus Spectrum of Finley. If you or someone you know is in need of emergency services, call 911. If you are feeling suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. If you are facing a crisis situation, you can connect with a crisis counselor by texting HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741. If you are in Hancock County, Ohio, you can call Focus Recovery and Wellness Community at 419-423-5071 from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday. NAMI Hancock County can be reached at 567-525-3435, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. 
Support for LGBTQ plus youths and adults can be found at LGBTQ plus Spectrum of Finley by emailing contact at spectrumoffinleylgbt.org. Outside of Hancock County, Ohio, you can use the internet to search for recovery community organizations or contact NAMI National at 800-950-6264 from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. LGBTQ plus youths can contact the Trevor Hotline at 866-488-7386. If you are a victim of domestic violence, please call 800-799-7233. If you are a victim of sexual assault, please call 800-656-4673. Your hosts today were Larry Betts and Bailey Kerr. Marketing support was provided by Amber Keir. I'm your compere, Jazz Bradley. This podcast was made possible by the support of Associated Charities. The song used for the I Am Somebody podcast is A Walk in the Light by Zach Fletcher. The song was used under permission by the copyright holder. Thank you for listening. I am somebody.